Look outside. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? It is good to restore the natural order of things. Don't you agree? You've never heard of the Millennium Fault? Should I have? It's a ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Hey everyone, and welcome to Kessel Run Weekly. My name is Danny. I'm Kristen. I'm Cheyenne. I'm Anna. Welcome, full team! (laughs) Our powers combined. No. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you all back. Our full team is here, and it's very exciting because we're here talking The Mandalorian. Um, so, so we fell off doing our episode reviews during the crazy, crazy holidays. However, we're going to talk about the entire season, if that's okay with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and do a full season one review of the Mandalorian because holy crap, it was exciting. It was awesome. It was, it was all the things it it was. Yes. Um, and I can't wait to dive into it first before we dive into it though. Uh, Anna, we haven't seen you in a while. How have you been? I'm good. Working a lot. It's been crazy, but I'm glad to be here talking about Mandalorian, which has been amazing. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. How's your podcast going? Good, good. Starting it up again, little by little. But yeah, we need to do an episode all together there. Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole, that would be like the Avengers assembling. Yeah. There there you go. All the rebel cells came together. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so not to put you on the spot, Anna, or anything, but did you want to plug your podcast? Yes. So my podcast is called Roundtable Pod Racers, and, and um, you can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast, I believe. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's exciting. They're doing a lot of cool stuff, stuff and everything. Stuff. I, I got <laughs> a random list out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Merciless. <laughs> They're awesome. Check them out, guys. Roundtable Bond Racers. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was going to be more professional, but it didn't come out that way. <laughs> you should keep it. There you go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so cool, guys. So I think we go ahead and dive into Mandalorian. Anna. Since uh, since you're back and we're so excited to have you here, did you want to start us off? Well, so we're starting chapter one or chapter four? <laughs> yeah, all of it. All of it. Anything okay. that excited you? Anything about the first um, season? To be honest, I loved this show like from beginning to end. It was action-packed, but at the same time, it took its time to like kind of dig deep into all the characters and what we needed to know and also leave us in suspense and kind of like all make us not know much but at the same time just like throwing things out there if that makes any sense at all absolutely so um i loved it all i think pedro pascal did such an amazing job even though he we don't see his face um but do we um so (laughs) (laughs) so i just i loved it so much i don't think i hated any episode um 
I love all the Easter eggs. I love the fact that Filoni came in out in the show. <laughs> so yeah, that's my quick overview. <laughs> Sweet. Cheyenne? A good one. Um, I really love the... Uh, okay, let me preface with I've never watched a classic Western okay. ever in my life. Um, not even like a little. And that's not to say they're bad or anything. I just never happened to have done that. Um, I really love the style of show. Uh, the style immediately grabbed me. And probably partially because it was Star Wars. Like, that was the main reason. But I was very impressed with how I could tell it was a Western, even though I've never seen one, you know? Um, and I would say, overall, I'm extremely, extremely satisfied. I know a lot of the times, like, there have been like reviews or thoughts of how the episodes go up and down. And while that might be true, I think as a culmination of a first season, it was perfect. Um, and rarely do I call anything perfect in an actual sense. <laughs> you know? um, it, it's amazing. And I really, I do also love the Easter eggs. That's a big factor for me. Um, especially just like explaining it to friends and like, telling the average person about star Wars in general. Like I like always telling them like this thing called back to this thing. And that's probably one of my favorite parts. Oh, definitely. Did you feel like at any point there was too much fan service? Um, no, not really because there's enough new stuff mm -hmm. involved that the fan service like happens and then it's gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was the same way for me. I think it it kind of made it to where it more established the universe rather than right. going, "Hey, here's this thing that you all love." Bye. Yeah, <laughs> kind of things like that. Or hey, this is a brand new thing. You better love it or leave it. Right. Kind of thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, Kristen. Yeah, it was coming. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, overall. Show wise, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, favorite parts, I guess, out of it would be Baby Yoda for sure. Oh, of course, <laughs> best thing out of it. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like there was never a dull moment in the show. Yeah, there were some slower episodes, but I felt like they had their own little like quirks to them that made them really still interesting and intriguing. Um, and one of the things that I like is definitely our Mandalorian Pedro Pascal because, um. You know, thinking about it, for him to be wearing a helmet pretty much the whole season, like, it wasn't hard to know, like, where he was emotionally, though, throughout the show, even though you couldn't even yeah. see his face. I feel like that had to be a really hard thing, not only for him as an actor, but for the writers and directors, too, to make sure that they're, you know, orchestrating all the scenes perfectly, along with music, too, to make sure that, you know, mm -hmm. they're telling the story with emotion. So, overall, though, it was a very great show, and I'm looking forward to season Two. Absolutely. Which, and just while I'm thinking about, about it, obviously, guys, spoilers were going to be oh, talked about. Sure. Um, I thought it was really funny when they did finally reveal his face, and it was like, oh, he looks like Pedro Pascal. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was an interesting scene. That was an interesting scene. I love that. Uh, for me, overall, I really, really enjoyed it as well. Uh, I thought it was everything a Star Wars show should be. I was very kind of apprehensive about a live-action Star Wars. I mean, obviously, all all of us were like, oh, man, Star Wars TV show, and because we've been there with Clone Wars, with Rebels, and all that, and then and Resistance now. But hearing that it's live-action is kind of like, ah, uh, 
you know, it could go really wrong really easily, as we've seen with other Star Wars movies and things like that. Some people aren't going to love it. Some people will. It seems to me that, for the most part, the show's been kind of universally accepted, which is impressive, to be honest. And I personally really enjoyed it. I I loved all of the action sequences. I loved the callbacks to kind of the old westerns and everything. Um, when it would get super cheesy and, and kind of uh, corny and everything, it, it was awesome. It, it gave you something new every single time. I love that Filoni finally got his moment <laughs> to just show his face on yeah. screen of, hey, guys, I'm an X-Wing fighter. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny, too, because he doesn't seem like he would ever be the type to fly an X-Wing. <laughs> it was so funny. But at the same time, it was like, I see you. Because in all honesty... <laughs> I would put myself in all of my Star Wars things too if I were a Star Wars director or writer. Oh, for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Alien. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, oh, you know that character right there, that background character, doesn't matter? Yeah, I'm going to be that one. Um, that exactly. one. I'm that one too. I'm also yeah. this one. I'm going to be these five. <laughs> this dog over here that's not actually a dog. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Plot twist, it's me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, just, I really loved it. And, and in all honesty... Especially the the final episode, I, I was losing my mind, yelling at the screen, and I because I have I don't feel like Star Wars has really or any kind of story has really gotten me that excited as of late, uh, other than Jedi Fallen Order when I was playing it, uh, the the new video game. That story was really exciting, but usually in Star Wars, it's more of like a oh, no. Really? Oh, man. Kind of stuff like that. Kristen makes fun of me because... So real. In Solo, the first time when the when the opening thing came up where it was like, it's a lawless time, I gasped because I was like, oh, this is how they're doing it. This is the new little... Op- I literally, like, she makes fun of me all the time and was now. Like, oh. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so when we went and saw the new movie together, I grabbed his heart and go, oh. As the opening credits started, and he just looked at me like, <laughs> Not today, lady. <laughs> I would have to say that the this just a like a random thing on the last episode. My roommate, who's a like new coming Star Wars fan, um, slash casual about it, uh, watching the last episode didn't hit her as hard as it hits us. Really? Because, yeah. 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 Yeah, she has no idea what what the dark saber is. She's literally like googling it because she's like, what? Huh? Oh, I have <laughs> like, so yeah. many questions. <laughs> I know, and that's what I was gonna say because when you're mentioning that the the show felt like it was universally loved, actually, I've seen that people have liked the Mandalorian more than Rise of Skywalker. Mm. So I've I've noticed that with like a lot of things that I've re- read in the past um, two weeks, I think. And but I also love the fact that this show, even though it it's a show like the movies that can grab so many other fans that are not so invested like we are in the animation, the books, etc. They love it, but I also feel like we get an extra bonus, and I love that like attention to detail, and that's how you see so much of Filoni's work in this show mm-hmm. to give us like the dark saber death watch and those things that you're like oh my god because i was screaming and i'm guessing you guys too and my husband is like well i'm so glad that you, you have like make me watch the clone wars arcs lately and i'm like look at this look at them not knowing obviously that dark saber was gonna come out mm-hmm. but 
So it's also cool to see that so many people have reached out to me and saying, like, can you just tell me which episodes to watch from the Clone Wars? Or like, I want to understand way more. Like, how come I didn't get the whole last scene in yeah. the last episode? So I was like, yeah, nice. Even though some people were the same people that are making fun of me. Like, why do you love so much animation? And I'm like, this is right. There's Thank so you. much more to it. Right. So I love that this show kept that balance of like, for the fans that are crazy like us, that we love watching everything. And mm -hmm. also for the ones that not necessarily know everything, but still get to enjoy it. Right. Absolutely. It was still the movies for some reason. <laughs> I, I could just see your, your husband sitting next to you during that final episode too. Just like, <laughs> what? What's happening? <laughs> Yeah, no, and he told me, he's like, the way you watch this, the Mandalorian episode is so different for me, even though I made him watch a lot of stuff of the Clone Wars. But, like, I probably watched Clone Wars from all the seasons, probably, like, seven times. <laughs> so, like, you know, you don't, we don't miss those details as much as other people. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Kristen, what was your favorite moment of Mandalorian? In the whole season? The whole season. Oh, that's all that's not fair. I feel like I can answer for all of us. On the count of three. One, two, three, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Dark Saber. No. <laughs> Even though I love Baby Yoda. But I, <laughs> seeing the Dark Saber was like, oh my god. It was so many emotions. <laughs> but, I mean... If we want to talk about like the beginning of the show, the show started in a high note, and that's mm -hmm. why a lot of people ended up criticizing some of the episodes in the middle because it went a little bit of slow. Mm -hmm. But it was also like trying to show you the story behind yeah. everything. Establishing it, yeah. Um, so what did you guys think? Because for me, that client was always very mysterious, and like I want to know more information. Like, do you guys think? Like, I know there's a lot of people, and we talked about it before that really like. What kind of the empire is he or like, you know, um, yeah, I want to know your thoughts on that. Well, well, you and I thought that he was a fake imperial. Yeah. <laughs> that they were all fake. <laughs> Which, in all honesty, I'm not 100% sold that he was ever really imperial, to be honest. Um, but because, I mean, Gideon was quick to gun him down. <laughs> he was yeah. like, oh, you think it's sleeping? Check again. Oh, I'm not going to give you a chance. <laughs> She's like, and done. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that, too. Like, I I get more of the crime boss vibe from him than I do Imperial. Mm -hmm. I could, like, I mean, put him in an put him in General Hux's uniform, and he absolutely could pass for Imperial. But I just don't think he fits it. You know? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have a lot of thoughts on him. Mm -hmm. Really and truly. I know, you know, we talked about it a little bit and we talked about how we thought, you know, that the troopers were um not really stormtroopers mm -hmm. in the beginning and all. So but I mean other than that, I just thought he was shady, but I didn't really think anything else of him. I was kinda more focused on the Mandalorian and the story with him and Baby Yoda. <laughs> so Baby Yoda steals the show. Oh, Baby Yoda absolutely stole the show. In all honesty, I kind of feel like Baby Yoda was what kind of propelled the show forward. Um, and it's funny because we think about, or I think about those rumors where it was like, oh, the Boba Fett standalone, the Yoda standalone, the Jabba the Hutt standalone, <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and we're kind of 
not really like, getting that, but at the same time, we're getting the background story for a Mandalorian, not Boba Fett, and we're getting the story for a baby Yoda, not Yoda. <laughs> but um, but I I like that we're getting to see as as much lore as we're as we're getting through all of this, um, yeah. especially getting to see what the world looks like post Empire as well. Because I mean, and, and I think one of my favorite lines that the client says is that is the world more peaceful with the Empire gone? And so I, I think that that's interesting, really, to explore. Is just to kind of see the lawlessness. We actually get to kind of see something of the change when we get to go to Tatooine and in one of the episodes, which was a huge fan service episode, (laughs) which was, it was great, but we actually got to see the the fate of the cantina after Jabba (laughs) left, which I thought was really funny that now it's ran by a droid. (laughs) (laughs) All those years trying to keep him out. And then they buy it out from under him. The poor cantina. (laughs) But it's cool because it shows you like we see the, that episode in Tatooine, and then we also see the episode in the um, in Chapter Four. Where, I forgot what planet they are, uh, the sanctuary where mm-hmm. Pocahontas lives. Pocahontas. And, uh, <laughs> another another side of it. Like I love how this show was like, oh, but look at this, and then they had um, also kind of, hey, I forgot their names. The people that were attacking the village. Oh. Didn't they just call raiders? Yeah, but oh, I forgot. They, they were some made. kind of writers, though. I think they did give yeah. them a name. I can't remember what they were, though. But it's cool to see that they actually ended up taking a walker mm-hmm. and, like, you know, using that against it. So you see kind of like the hint of like what the Empire has done in through different eyes. So I always thought that was cool. And to see, and in that episode, looking at the Lothcat, like I yelled. I yelled. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, this is so good. And that's what I love. That attention to detail was so cool. Um, I want to know that low cut story. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. That, that was I a love- really cool moment, especially with the ATST rising up with the, with the red eyes and everything. That was uh, probably the coolest an ATST has ever looked to me. I was just like, it, it was insane. Um, it, it, I, I like that you mentioned that though, because kind of like, so not only are we seeing the world post empire, but we're also seeing how the empire Im- influenced this world and yeah. in the weapons that they use in the way that they organize in the things that they choose to be a part of and everything. Um, I, I don't know. Just something about that just really excites me, I guess. <laughs> I love seeing that kind of stuff, the cause and effect of everything. Side yeah. note though, with the sanctuary episode, Pocahontas, the 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 quick love interest, by the way. Like, yeah, I was. I mean, I don't know if it was something in the bone meal or what, but he was. He he considered staying. Yeah, <laughs> he almost let her take off the helmet. There, what giant? Do we know how much time passed while they were there? I would imagine a few days. It was, yeah, it was a long time. It was love at first sight. <laughs> And that episode also shows us like what the Empire is capable of doing with um, Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. Like I love her character and like the fact that she, I, part of the guild, but then like a bounty hunter. But then it's like she doesn't want the war. But you mention it's like against ex Empire. Then she's in. So like it's also like that rebellion mentality. Mm-hmm. I love that they kept that and they gave us some Easter eggs with her, like saying that she was in the Battle of Endor and blah blah blah. 
So that was her character was amazing. Yeah, I love her a lot. Absolutely. And then the fact that she's from Alderaan. Mm-hmm. I yelled. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, did she say Alderaan? She said Alderaan? I was like, yes. She said Alderaan. Calm down. Like, I want a little Forces of Destiny episode of her and Princess Leia. Absolutely. Like, that's what I've been like. I want that. Unreal. What if they knew each other? They had to yeah. have. They had to they, have. They have to have. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that, that was really cool. But, like, do they have to? We don't they know. It's the fourth. <laughs> was a big planet. It, it was a big planet. You're right, but I mean, she did end up joining the rebellion. So, and not on top, and not only that, but became a rebel shock trooper. So she's first boots on the ground, just hazing everything. So exactly. she, she's got a little like, anger pent up. Never met her because she was boots on the ground, and Leia was like, "I gotta go figure this out in the office." Bye. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. Love Leia. Don't mm. anybody put that against me. Uh, also, I thought that that was incredible. Just how like casually they loomed over that fact, mm-hmm. and they knew that we would all lose our minds. Oh yeah, I love that about this show. Yeah, thing happens, and we're all like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I could just see Filoni sitting there and is like. Do do we have to say where she's from? Like, yeah, yeah, we have to. Because the second that you say that planet, they're going to lose their minds. You see that yep. word right there? That's the trigger. <laughs> it's like he's coaching John Favreau on all this. <laughs> that dark saber there, it's going to poke out. They're going to lose their minds right there. <laughs> it's also pretty cool to see, like, it's John Favreau and Filoni, which it's like Filoni talking to previous law and i for me i'm like i lose my mind to think that you know because i've been rewatching clone wars and it's like oh my god it's previous law. it's like john favreau and then we have them like trying to continue in a way the timeline and like what happened to a lot of like mandalore or death watch and dark saber and then we see them like together creating the show again mm-hmm. that's pretty cool oh absolutely uh what did you guys think of uh Fennec sean <laughs> I love her for the two M- seconds. Mulan in space. Yeah, I want to be her. Yeah, <laughs> her outfit was so cool, right? Oh God, yeah, I liked her a lot. Um, she's obviously one of those like mysteries to be had kind mm-hmm. of stories. Um, which I love. Okay, so good comparison. You know how people were? I don't know if you know this, but like people were annoyed that people kept. Spoiler alert, fake dying in The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I when I've I've only rewatched the whole season once since like I watched on release nights and then I've only rewatched it as a whole once. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching it, I was like, people keep dying. And then they're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> and I really I'm like, she's fake dead. I know it. it I know it for sure. There ain't no way she's dead. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I definitely want to see more of her because I don't feel like we got enough. But overall, um, <coughs> she was super cool. And like I said, her outfit was really neat. So mm-hmm. I just want to see what happens to her in the next season. I'm sure she's going to come back. You look like you had something to say a second ago. Did you? I, Did I gloss over something? It was. Go ahead. No, it's backwards, though. We had, It's backtracking. It's okay. Well, I was going to say because we were talking about um, Filoni and uh, 
Favreau. Favreau. And I was just going to remind you if you remember where we were when we learned that Mandalorian was happening. Uh, at Star Wars Celebration, right? No, before that. Before that. I don't know. We were in Disney World. We were in Disney World. We were in Disney World like Woo! last February or whatever it was. Yeah. This is when we moved into our house. Mm-hmm. And I remember you we were about to do like pictures or something and you were like, oh my gosh, Filoni and Favreau are teaming up to do a Star Wars like live action. <laughs> That's like all we really knew. Yeah. And we were both so excited about it. And we were like, yes. <laughs> and now like we have it. And yeah. It was, and it was just cool thinking about it, like how good it turned out. And, you know, like we knew Filoni and Favreau would be really good together though, mm-hmm. but... Now having the actual product, it's like, aha. Right? <laughs> I made this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I should know if you remembered. <laughs> That's cool. Um, actually, think, yeah, that helped, actually. Did because um, I was actually going to say, I don't know if I've told you guys the story. So, I met uh, Ming-Na Wen at Heroes and Villains in Atlanta, oh. I think is what it was. Uh, we were driving the droids around and everything. And uh, she came out to hug BB-8. So we got oh, video yeah. of her freaking out over the droids, talking with my dad. It was funny, too, because my dad, the whole day, he was saying that he was Luke Skywalker, um, dressed up in a low-budget <laughs> Jedi costume and everything, and she kept calling him Obi-Wan. And I looked at him, I said, Mulan said you're Obi-Wan. You're Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what was funny, though, is that the whole time, because we were with my Uncle Kenny as well, uh, the whole time we were like, hey, we need to try to see if we can get you in a Star Wars. We need to get you in Star Wars. This was what, maybe two, three years ago? Something like that? Yeah. And you know how these things work <laughs> as far as actual production and all that kind of stuff. The whole time she was kind of like, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, let's do it. And the whole time. And then they announced that she's in The Mandalorian. And I was like, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Are you yeah. just the queen of playing it off? Because... We were trying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> she must have known. For sure. That far in advance? Well, yeah. And it wasn't the only time that day that she was approached about Star Wars. Because uh, during her fan panel that she had on the main stage, somebody said something about her being in Star Wars as well. So, it maybe was she meant- knew. It was meant to be. <laughs> it was meant to be. It absolutely was. She was awesome, by the way. Like, she, she- she reminded me of a better Zam Wessel. Yes. A much better. <laughs> I thought I thought the same thing when I saw her. Yeah. Well, and talking about that episode, from the best to like not so great. Or like <laughs> annoying. Yeah. What did you guys think of Toro? Hate him. Wanna be <laughs> That's harsh. He's <laughs> he's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> But I like that with him, we ended up knowing a little bit more of the about the guild, and they used that also to kind of show you like the maturity level of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, when you're hanging out, like I felt like when I'm hanging out with like little kids, and you're like, oh, stop it, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely, I, I do like uh, as much as I dislike the character. And how he was trying to be a little knockoff Han Solo. I do like that he was trying to be a knockoff Han Solo. I think mm-hmm. that is basically what made his character. Because if he had just been a stupid kid in the in the cantina, it would have just been like, who is this guy? Which I still reacted that way. But with him sitting in the same position that Han was in that booth, I was just like, oh. Oh, yeah. this is happening? So like, I could like feel it and was more intrigued by him by knowing 
what kind of character we were about to be presented with. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, he he was, and I think we said it beforehand. He was he was the ultimate wannabe. <laughs> it, it was the the starry eyed kid who thought he wanted to be a a, a awesome bounty hunter and. Oh well, here's the Mandalorian, and and everything like the whole time he's sitting here like, how can I trust you? And it's like you you can't. But if we're gonna do this dance, whatever, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like you could feel the frustration from the Mandalorian at the time, where he was just like, whatever, kid. All right, sure, whatever <laughs> you say. Uh, but I, I liked it. See, and that was one of the ones that were. It wasn't necessarily my favorite one. At the same time, though. I wasn't disappointed with it with the, how a lot of people seem to have been just because of how cheesy and corny it was. In all honesty, I love cheesy, like the cheesier, the better <laughs> a lot of times. Right. And in all honesty, it's kind of Star Wars. Star Wars is a bunch of cheese. So yeah, and the little humor. And the thing is that I don't know why I feel like lately the fans, it's you either love it or hate it. Like, people can't just be content with an episode. Maybe that episode serves its purpose. Like, it's just, like, that moment where we have at the ending that we don't know what are the steps. And I know there's a lot of theories, including Boba Fett and that one. But it's like, come on, just, like, be okay with the episode. Not You don't have right. to hate it all the time. You're right. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see? There's the cheese right there. There it Thank is. <laughs> But I liked it, though, because it kind of felt like a little uh, cheesy Western and everything. And, yeah. and then we got Fennec Shan as well that yeah. I thought was really cool. Who do you guys think was, was picking her up at the very end? Moff Gideon. You think it was Moff Gideon? I think I, so, too. I do. Because yeah. of the cape. Yeah. Really. That's my big giveaway was the cape. But the cape. I can be wrong. Everybody wears capes. Capes are cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many people uh, and even people that I worked with were like it was Boba Fett that was Boba Fett wasn't it it's like nah nah dude <laughs> it's, not, it's not Boba Fett and now watch if it ends up for some re- weird reason being Boba Fett all of us are going to have eggs on our faces but does at the same Boba time even go to the ground do what now does Boba Fett's cape even go to the ground I mean will he really have a cape after the Sarlacc so <laughs> you know <laughs> Because in the aftermath books, he lost his armor. Somebody else picked up his yeah. armor and everything. So yikes! That's what I was thinking. That I'm. I was thinking that I mean, maybe is that person that stole his armor? Could, Could be. have been like, um, or another Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I don't. I, I haven't finished aftermath. I read the first one and was like. Pfft. So, oh, I read the wiki. I, I couldn't get through it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'll do that. The whole the whole third person talking in kind of thing. Like I, I just for some reason because I, I tried to I tried to read it and I was having trouble with it. And then I was trying to actually uh, read the audiobook too, and I just I I couldn't I couldn't get behind it. So yeah. So well, never mind. I'll ask later. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> it's about Boba Fett. Do you want now? It's about Boba Fett. Let's hear it. So, like, in that, does he survive, or is it only about his armor? Like, what does it say? You don't really ever find out. Um, so, a Mandalorian's armor is found next to a Sarlacc pit. Someone else takes it. And I think, uh, Anna, correct me if I'm wrong, he becomes a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it. So he kind of becomes vigilante bounty hunter going around tattooing, whatnot, my sizely. Um, and yeah, so I can't remember his name. I know it starts with a C. That's what I was trying to remember and I couldn't. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, they never confirmed or denied that Boba Fett was alive or not. Um, if, if his armor was by the side, maybe it was burped up. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows how a Sarlacc works? But <laughs> so, yeah. Weird. Interesting. <laughs> and it's funny how we go from that episode in Tatooine. I mean, well, and well, this one, Tatooine, to a completely different episode with Chapter 6. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the episode was like 180. Yeah. Yeah. Then you see Bill Murray and you're like, what? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, I, I I thought it was really funny when because I didn't know that that was Bill Burr for a second. Because um, I haven't really followed him as a comedian or anything. But I'll, I'll, everybody at work the next day was telling Bill Burr was in Star Wars. I can't believe he was in Star Wars. It was like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same way. My friends were really excited because they, they follow him as a comedian. Mm-hmm. I was just like. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> well, and it's little tethers like that that bring in those new fans because it's somebody yeah. that they know that they love that they've laughed with and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's cool. It the the formula for Mandalorian overall of just how they're able to bring in people who have pretty much never seen Star Wars to the diehard fans like us and everything. It, it's it's astounding. It, yeah, it's genius to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> the guy and I'm, I'm so bad with name. The guy that he see, that kind of puts the whole plan together with the beard. Yes, he's got a sense of anarchy. I yeah. thought I recognized his yeah, face. I was like, oh, cool! And then the Twi'lek is the girl from Harry Potter and Game yeah, of Thrones called. and Game of Thrones. So, which what did you guys think about seeing that different Twi'lek? I loved it my roommate thought my roommate was uncomfortable (laughs) i really liked seeing the difference but i'll tell you why because i really liked seeing how different Hera and her father were and how different Hera, her father and what's his face and what's her face (laughs) her father's friends (laughs) go something i almost said goku and i know that's not right (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) family (laughs) syndula yeah i like all of them were different in a way and i really liked how she was she did make me uncomfortable her and her brother made me uncomfortable but in the best star wars way i was like why is she so weird why is she <laughs> <laughs> in a leku costume <laughs> like, <you know>? yeah. <laughs> I was like what yeah but i liked it <laughs> See, her brother, I don't know if you guys ever watched the older Star Trek or anything, like, it was Deep Space Nine or something like that. He reminded me of a Ferengi. I'm probably the only one that's gonna... Yeah, okay. But anyways, whoever's listening to this who have, may have seen Star Trek back then... like, yeah, Danny! <laughs> He's like, I know that! I know yeah. that! <laughs> I get that yeah. reference. Um, <laughs> but that, they made me uncomfortable back then was the point that I was going to make too is that literally they're these aliens that have giant ears and literally it's like butts for heads. That's the only way I can explain it. And that's what he reminded me of with the giant forehead and everything. I was just kind of like, this is uncomfortable. You should cover that. <laughs> yeah. It's weird though. It's like, I feel like that is exactly what we see in the, like Cham's head is huge. 
But in animation, it doesn't look crazy. It, it doesn't look shiny and in your face yeah. and uncomfortable. And yeah, <laughs> it was cool seeing the different Twi'leks, though, I thought. What did you think of uh, the sister? I can't even remember her name at the moment. She freaked me out. She's always like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> and everything. And it was like, stop, please stop. I, yeah, I really hate that they have her and the Mandalorian have a pet. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that made me uncomfortable. It's <laughs> like just a little bit. If, simultaneously, I do and do not want to know how that came about. <laughs> it's like, what? What is your taste in women, sir? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, no. it was. I think because we're so used to seeing Hera, even though we saw the other part of the family, it's just like. This is strange, but we get a cool, I mean, those are a bunch of cool cameos in that episode. And Matt Lanter is yeah. there. And I thought, I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. <laughs> I forgot about that entirely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard well, his voice and I'm like, uh, you needed to change your voice a little bit because I keep thinking Anakin, Anakin, Anakin. Right. Close your eyes and listen to that scene. It's Anakin. That's all it is. <laughs> But that was pretty cool. And it was, um, I loved and whatever droids, and I can't remember their names, the droids that come out in that specific episode. The guards on the ship? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I want to go back because I haven't rewatched that episode, but they have rebel symbols in the back. They do. Mm-hmm. I, th- I was like, I don't, I need to understand more. Like, that's cool that lo- we'd never see like the droids with that symbol. And mm-hmm. they're like, it looked like, if Sabine would have sprayed her symbol in there. That's yeah. I, when I saw it, I was like thinking that all the time. Absolutely. I love that that became the, the symbol of the new Republic. Um, but I mean, history goes to the victors. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did think it was interesting when we were watching that episode, how going all the way back to the prequels. So the droids start out the bad guys and the clones were for the Republic now mm-hmm. the droids are for the Republic, and they're not necessarily clones, but the brainwashed kids are now the the evil people, yeah. and it's just yeah. kind of like, huh, full circle here. <laughs> I yep. Guess, I yep. guess it proves that it doesn't matter what army you have. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. True. Uh, no, that was cool. Absolutely. Um, I really liked the the moment where the Mandalorian went all like stealthy on him and everything too. And, and and obviously it gives you the connotation that he kills them, but he doesn't, which is even cooler that yeah. he was just able to wrangle them up, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought, that especially the part where it was the flashing red light behind Ben Burr, is like it would flash, nothing was there. It flashed, then he's behind him, and then it flashed again, and he's gone. And it's like, what's oh. happening? I know this one was probably like yeah. super close to like being like I don't know, like horror slashy kind of. Yeah, me. it was really yeah. cool. This is Jason's probably... behind you. I know. This is one of my top episodes. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I also really love that he did not kill them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I every single time his like, what's the right word? His character, not his character, like in the character that he's playing, but like the character about him mm-hmm. as a person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every time that is brought to the forefront, and then it's like people expect him to kill them. Mm-hmm. Or people expect him to not care about Baby Yoda. Or people expect him to abandon the sanctuary. And he does the exact opposite. And I'm like, yes! Mm-hmm. 
He's a good bad guy. <laughs> bad half guy. <laughs> good bad half guy. <laughs> and I love another, the same episode where Baby Yoda is playing hide and seek. Yes. The droid. With I the zero. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is the droid as AP5, right? I think it's so. It's the same yeah. droid as the bug bounty hunter. Forlom. No, not Forlom. Uh, yeah, Forlom. Yeah. Because Zuckus is the other one, and then they had their name switched and all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Forlom. Uh, it's the same as that one. Because I think it's a, a variation of AP5, though. Because AP5 if you look, the only difference is the, the, the mouth area. Um, yeah, it's they not look as Vader like. Yeah. Yeah. Because AP5's head looks like the crystal skull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she spoke of it. <laughs> That's the first Indiana Jones movie I ever saw. Don't at me. Really? Okay. Yeah, I never, I had never seen any of them all the way through. I'd seen piece, bits and pieces of everything, um, but I'd never seen any of them all the way through. I don't even know where I saw that one, if it was in theaters or, like, at my house one day. But, like, I was a big Shia LaBeouf fan. Mm, and that makes like, more sense now. <laughs> and I saw it, and I didn't really care if it was good or bad. It was just, like, another fun movie that I went and saw. Uh, to this day, I have seen all of the Indian Jones now. So I yeah. get it now. <laughs> Kristen recently saw all of them, so, yeah. Mm, yes. <laughs> Say, I introduce her to Star Wars. I introduce her to Indiana Jones. She drools over Harrison Ford. You know, mm. the whole normal process. Uh, I found out today. Well, not today. Yesterday. I was watching Secret Life of Pets 2. Harrison Ford voices a dog. Oh, really? Uh, I never thought that in my life that that would ever happen. And I tweeted about it. I was like, I just want to imagine every single day what ways that conversation went. Right. I was just thinking, like... The, the agent contacts him. Look, Harrison, I got a part for you. It'll pay. But I got a part for you. You're a dog. Now hear me out. You're a cartoon dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like somebody made that decision for him. <laughs> oh God, it was so, so good. It was so good. It was fun. <laughs> That was a favorite for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, we got off topic. Um, <laughs> I like that Deborah Chow and the other guy, which I obviously forgot his name, also do cameos in the X Wings. The other director. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deborah Chow, Dave Filoni, and Rick Famu- Famuyiwa. Famuyuma? It's yeah. really hard for me to say his last name. <laughs> yeah. I love that they, the three yeah. of them ended up. See, I had never cool. seen so I didn't even realize that he was one of the directors. I had to look that up. I think I saw his face on, uh, or I, I, I think it was the the season or the episode one premiere that they did. The little yeah. panel that they did after that, or something like that. He was there. Yeah, um, I'm pretty I'm sure. Thing yeah. too. It was either that or in my incessant research before the Mandalorian. So <laughs> something like that. Yeah, one of the two. And that moves us to chapter seven, which was such a great episode. And it's simultaneously so sad. I know. My boy Coil. No. (laughs) Such a good character. Gone too soon. Gone too soon. I have spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like did it. 
Um, <laughs> he such a major part of not only like his role was his influence on Mandalorian and how like quickly it happened, but also like what's the right word? How willing he was to not protect somebody, but teach somebody that he didn't know about Mm -hmm. um, simply because he knew of the legends of the Mandalorians. And he was like, all right, well I'm going to help you the best way that I can. And then same, that same concept was why he reprogrammed IG 11 because he was like, I'm going to fix this the best way that I can. And And I'm going to help you, but also to the advantage of others. Mm -hmm. So helpful. I honestly thought he was going to try to lay, lay out uh, Cara Dune, though, <laughs> at one point. <laughs> the whole bickering back and forth. We work for the Empire. It's like, all right, yeah. high and mighty, chill out. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly wanted to see if he could later. <laughs> Just bam. Okay. Just and I have spoken. Right. <laughs> But I thought the whole, because that was the thing that threw me was with IG Eleven literally going out the first episode. I was like, "Dude's on the poster!" Like, I know. <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> yeah. But I think they did it. They did really well, and I thought the whole nurse thing was hilarious, especially so to the point where, like, when he does go full ham, he, and he tells Baby Yoda, "I'm sorry, you had to see that." <laughs> <laughs> It was it was no, so thought, great. Yeah, it's a good nurse droid. Will warned all of us as an audience. He was like, "But he will protect." And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah. down. There it is. <laughs> but yeah, but that well, then they go off. Then they go back to the village because they're running away from the troopers. Uh, well, no, this is where they kill the client, right? Mm. This is the one where the client gets killed. Yeah. Yeah, in, in in this episode, because uh, Gideon calls him, make a he, deal or something. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I have the baby. Yeah, <laughs> and I, so crazy. They killed him like that. I'm like, wait, I need answers. Who right. was he for real? Like, it's another Snoke. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah bye. <laughs> I want to know what those creatures were though, when they like camped that night. Oh my gosh, those, those creatures oh, that yeah. swooped in. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> that was so felony. Yeah. That was it was so scary. That was legit scary. I was like, yeah. Ah! yeah, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> it reminded me too the one that was trying to pick up a blurg. It reminded me of a, oh, the no. scene in Jurassic World where you have one of the Pteranodons trying to pick up a Triceratops and fly yeah. with it. <laughs> He's oh, like, God. I'm eating good tonight. <laughs> bad for the blurg. I know. <laughs> that was bad already. They're like, what? But then we finally got to see Baby Yoda do something really cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. We finally got the four ceiling. Which, I, so I watched The Rise of Skywalker on Tuesday. Um, and Lucky. when I saw the force healing, I was like, Oh my god, like we had heard about it but, but like not really seen it. That was cool. I want to say that I wish I would have been like everybody else and seen the Mandalorian with Baby Yoda doing the force 
killing first because when I watched it on Wednesday, my husband hadn't watched Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. and like we were watching Mandalorian, and Yoda did that, and I was like, and I can't even react because <laughs> <laughs> we were watching it the next day together. But I was like, but he immediately like when we saw Ray doing that, uh, which spoilers, but whatever, um, he was like. Oh my god, like baby Yoda. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I thought that was brilliant how they showed that episode on Wednesday before the movie released. Cause mm-hmm. uh, it was like I wish I would have seen it how it was intended to see it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was gonna say that's how I saw it was Yoda first. And I was like, that's so cute. I'm so happy he can do that. What a nice guy. And then I saw Radio and I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> And then you find out that he partially kills himself in order to save someone else. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it wasn't the first one. Because for me, I thought the my immediate thought when I saw Ray doing that was kind of like Obi-Wan in A New Hope doing it to Luke. Even though he wasn't really dead for me. Like I've he could have been dead. Yeah. So I'm like, come on, we've seen kind of like that before. Not to that extent. That's interesting because I, I saw a meme about that saying, oh, yeah, well, right, new new thing in Rise of Skywalker. And then somebody posted a picture of Obi-Wan putting his hand on Luke's forehead, which I always just took as he was trying to see if he was alive. But I guess that doesn't really make sense because that's not where your pulse is. I always but- <laughs> like not necessarily this is going to sound very literal, not necessarily like electric shock, but like you're fine. Like bring him <laughs> back, out of con- um, back into consciousness. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, still that could be considered healing in a, in a way. Yeah. Because then it's like stopping whatever's going on in your head that made you get knocked out to bring you back up. I mean, yeah. th- those gaffy sticks are no jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a hit on the head. And I, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it makes me want to rewatch like everything, seeing stuff like that, because then it's like, okay, how many other times has this actually happened? And we had no idea that this is what this was because it was never told that way you know right right you we there are things that we just kind of accept it f- as fans as oh that's just that and everything yeah. but now that they're filling in gaps on stuff like that i i love that so much yeah especially because it felt natural like it felt like it wasn't like a crazy thing it felt like he knew what he needed to do same thing with ray mm-hmm. so i'm like what yeah <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool which and i don't want to i kind of want to know more about I mean, obviously, everyone does more about Baby Yoda himself, to be honest, because I mean, now we're embarking on the journey to find his species and stuff, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. Yes. I want to really? I want to know their relationship with the force, because even though Baby Yoda is 50 years old, developmentally, he seems to not have the motor skills that he should if he were a 50 year old human, you know? Yeah, Even though he's small, time. it's not like he's just a tiny adult or whatever. He's literally a baby. He's he's progressing slower than normal. So I'm. It makes me wonder what what lets him know that he can do these things. You know. So is it just that his species is so in tune with the force that the force directs him to do so, or is he just like you know what that looks like? It hurts. Oh man, I can heal you. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, that's new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I kept thinking the same thing as you did because I was like, we know that Yoda is like very powerful and like when we see him in the movies and the cartoons, it's very like, um, like wizard-like, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's the one to know it all. 
But then at the same time, he didn't know how to do the whole force ghost until Qui-Gon appeared to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when he went to train. So I'm like, what? what's your relationship with the force? And how do you know how to do certain things but did not know how to do that major thing that ended up for others being just natural? Mm-hmm. You know what I wonder? It makes me think about how maybe that's what the force is doing. Like, you know how like Mortis is the, in theory is the, is the force, not mm-hmm. necessarily the planet, but the people that are on it, the force decided that those three that are living there are going to represent it in, in flesh and form. And then on Exegol, it decided that it's going to put negativity on this planet and people that harness their own negativity. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That harness their negativity are going to feel that power more when they're on that planet. And it's just like uh, the force is so uh, unexplainable is not the right word, maybe, but inexplicable. Is that what I'm thinking? (laughs) I was like, there's something. (laughs) Um, I feel like the force just doesn't really have its own answers, you know? And I feel like maybe that's one of those things is where the force gave the uncanny ability to just be able to be used and harnessed in this species because it's such a, maybe it's more of a natural species. Mm -hmm. Like this might not be the best analogy, but like indigenous peoples are more in tune with nature because that is their history. Mm -hmm. That's where they came from and developed their traditions from the world. They Um, come from. Yeah. Yeah. Indigenous peoples of any culture. And so maybe that's the thing with Yoda species is their indigenous tradition and culture is the force. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's the best analogy to do it, but it's in my brain. That's what's working. (laughs) It's like the force was like, let's just like, let's see what they do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like randomly throw it on a planet. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Let's see what happens here. No, I do. I do feel like Yoda and whatever species they are, they're very like either the planet is heavily influenced by the force, either their village or something, because it kind of reminds me of like those creatures are very into the force, like a loth wolf or like Bendu that like they don't need to know it all. And sometimes they don't have the right answers or like they do crazy magical Mm -hmm. things, but it's all the force. But at the same time, I love how the force is still, even though we know so much, it's still so mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like it it gave, it's like people. I mean, really in general, like we all have our own talents and abilities and understanding of the world and our different outlook of the world. And the force was like, everybody's going to have their own understanding, ability and outlook on of me. These loath wolves are in tune with me in this way. And mm-hmm. these um, this planet is in tune with my dark side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it gave everybody a piece of it to see what would happen. Absolutely. I love how a show called The Mandalorian that has nothing to do with Jedi or the Force or anything like that can actually deepen the lore of the Force itself. Just yeah. in talking about this 50-year-old baby. <laughs> <laughs> of all things, it's it's just so cool to me how they're able to just interweave all of that. And then how to Kawil and and Kara and, and everybody who's seen Baby Yoda do any of these things, it, it makes it to where it's 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 kind of 
interesting that they've all heard fables and myths of these kind of acts that can happen. Where Quill is like, I don't know what it's called, but I've, I've heard of this. I know what this is. And Kara's just like, what the heck? You can't choke me and kill me. I'm just arm wrestling. <laughs> and oh things like, yeah. which was funny. That's so Simultaneously, though. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, for me, I'm like, how come they don't know more? Yeah. <laughs> like, how come we don't know about the Jedi is a lot? Like, you know, I, that's when I'm like, what happened? Was there like a change where like, you guys can't talk about the Jedi or like this is mm-hmm. forbidden or this is frowned upon. Like what happened that they, it's like you said, like fables and like stories instead of like really knowing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, did they even know that the Jedi use the force? Did they just have, because in theory, this is just headcanon that I'm now thinking of literally as we're talking about this, but like Palpatine wiped them out. And with that wiped out, any of their legends like they are going to mm-hmm. be passed down through stories and things written and told but did that narrative get switched over to the jedi were force user from the jedi were force users to the jedi were bad guys and not even mentioning the force just saying that they were like annoying and intrusive mm-hmm. <laughs> you know without right. even saying that they were force users so now nobody knows or cares to research what the force is you know, maybe it doesn't even have the ability to. It's possible right. that the Empire purged all that information. Yeah. So, because I mean, w- the way that the Empire operated is they changed the narrative as soon as they out, as soon as they wiped out the Jedi or the ones that they could get in the first draft. Um, but basically, they went through and took out that knowledge as well. And so in doing that, as the generations go on, you have the people who directly had contact with the Jedi. Aside from that, it's stories and fables to anyone else because they sound like superheroes. They sound like these sorcerers, as they said in the, in the show. They sound like these just sorcerers uh, and everything. Like, they're not real. But they did exist at one point. There was a Jedi Council. These people were real and everything. So... It's interesting kind of looking at all that and and then also, like I said, seeing the perspective of these people post-Empire of, yeah, I've heard stories of this, but I didn't think it was real. Like people moving objects with their mind, people throwing fire back at each other. I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, even when it was prominent, Han didn't believe in it. Right. Yeah, that's true. And well, and going back to like, knowing so much information i think this is when we get they're now trapped in this little room bar looking place Mm -hmm. and we see moff gideon which was a beautiful entrance with that tie fighter because i love real life um but he gets to he knows like first of all they know it's him before he even shows up which i thought i'm like who are you? Like, why do they know so much about you? And then Kara mentions that, oh, but he he should have been dead. Mm-hmm. But then now Moff is talking about and mentions the name, and then we have a name for Mando. Dinjarin. Dinjarin. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, and I love how in that moment, I think it's that moment, yeah, where we see the final like completed flashback. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, 
that flashback was beautiful because we see Death Watch. <laughs> yes, Death Watch descending from the sky. At first, I only thought it was Clan Vizsla. So I was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. But no, apparently, and even Funko confirmed it <laughs> inadvertently too. Apparently, those are Death Watch Mandos, which is really cool. Yes. Incredible. So are we going to yeah. see Favreau as the live action pre Vizsla? Because so, these were not mall troopers. These no, were- they were not. They're different. They don't have the the mall. Mm-hmm. This is before then that, right? Yeah. yeah. This would have had to have been before mall took over, which so, means that Pre Vizsla is still in charge. And so Bo-Katan is still there. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan's I one of them. Bo-Katan that picked him up, but I don't know. Because and oh, it looked like, like, like a male. The mm-hmm. one that picked up. I say, that's the thing is I don't I can't ever tell if what I'm seeing is gonna be portrayed the same way from animation because obviously it's not animation. Mm-hmm. But like the woman blacksmith, like we can tell that she's a woman. But the, I mean, that's she's the only other person in armor that's a woman that we've been given directly outright. introduced to, yeah. Yeah, as a woman in mm-hmm. a man in Mandalorian. And I'm like, is it gonna be? Is it gonna be obvious that they're in armor as a woman in this? I think so. You think so? I hope well, so. The night owls. The night owls were always very obvious with their armor yeah. too, and right. so, and that's what Bo-Katan was a part of was the night owls. So it was the Death Watch and the night owls, and they worked together and had kind of like that uh, the different style helmet too that was more yeah. kind of like owl like everything. Yeah. I mean, night owls, obviously, but, <laughs> but yeah, it kind of had like a, a different visor look to it and everything. Yeah. So, and their sigil was different. They didn't have the death yeah. watch sigil. Yeah. They didn't have a death watch sigil. They just worked with the death watch because they yeah. believed in what the death watch were fighting for. So, yeah. Um, which would be really cool to see Katie Sackoff live action as Bo-Katan. That would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. I'd be down with that. For sure. Um, that's a lot of questions like mm -hmm. time where are they doing where are they taking him how come then after he's in a clam where they don't take their helmets off um i've read a lot of questions oh absolutely well and it sounds like all the clans just kind of i mean i'm not trying to be disrespectful to it or anything but kind of make it up as they go (laughs) because each one of them have different Things And it's possible that his clan that he became a part of is part of maybe like an old Mandalorian way. Something yeah, like or that. They're foundling, so they're mm-hmm. like, you need to be like, earn your helmet in a different way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe even it's like, that is their clan is that they are foundlings. So like Death Watch and other clans are aware that that is, that exists, that the foundling clan exists and that those are their own rules. Does that make sense? Maybe yeah, that's same. why they don't take off their helmets is because they aren't actually blooded Mandalorians. Mandalorians. Which leads me to my question, which we all knew was coming, and I'm not the only one asking it. But I didn't Django steal his armor? Steal that Mandalorian armor? Because now with them saying it's not a culture, or it's not something, it's a creed. Yeah, it's not a race, it's a creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, that's cool and all. Love that. But I don't know that it's canon that he stole his armor, though. I think that was a Legends story. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. So. Because there was a Jango Fett comic, and everything pointed to it as if he saw himself as a Mandalorian. Now, when on in the Clone Wars, they said, not that traitor, Jango Fett, and everything. Like, they flat out called yeah. him a Mandalorian pretender. It may just be because they didn't feel that he fit that creed like he was supposed right. to. Or yeah. maybe they renounced him. That, right. I would imagine if you can be a foundling and be called a Mandalorian because you went through the process and took the creed, yeah. you could probably be denounced for, I don't know, selling your DNA for an entire yeah. Republic army. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool if that was his problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. got him in the end. <laughs> that Yeah, I just like, as soon as they said that, I went, Oh no! <laughs> it's gonna blow up yeah. the fan. Like, I, and it hasn't. Surprisingly, it's blown mm. up me in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think this brings us to now the last episode. Yeah, yes. Oh, and we have so much to talk about in this last episode. Oh, so much. It started <laughs> with. Star Wars making Stormtrooper no aim cannon. And yes! I love that scene. I love the Stormtrooper. Well, Scout Troopers. I love the Scout Troopers talking to each other. That whole conversation, even if it was hitting Baby Yoda, I <laughs> loved it. I thought they're... Because it's funny to see like them talking. Like We kind of get always like... I think two or three seconds glimpse of like stormtroopers talking to each other, even from a new hope in the elevator. Cause that's one of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love that the other scout troopers very curious about what baby Yoda is. And this guy's like, Oh, whatever. And let's just shoot. And they can't shoot. <laughs> Shakes the gun and tries yeah. to. Yeah. Oh God. No. <laughs> that was the whole thing was just, hilarious and awesome yeah um i wasn't a fan of the hitting baby yoda i'm not as in up in arms as everyone else seems to be <laughs> for some reason because um, i mean it's for one of puppet guys calm down <laughs> but I I mean, that, but like we know it's baby yoda and it's cute and like me and cheyenne are like with her pop sockets here like yoda. um but they see it as a creature they see it as like we would see a creature you don't like because mm-hmm. like you know, so you just like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, it's the Imperial way. That's how the Imperials acted toward all alien races during the entire time of the Galactic Civil War and the rise of the Empire. All of that, that that's that's canon. That, I mean, yeah. in all honesty, they're a bunch of racists. Like, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It came down to that a single race was the Supreme, and that's why you don't see aliens as Imperials. They're all yeah. human. And yeah. so... It makes sense that they would treat this creature that they've never seen before and that they don't understand. I mean, even they were like, well, what is it? I don't know. Some kind of pet, maybe. Or something like like, that. They got a clue. So it makes sense that they would treat him that way. I thought the whole sequence was hilarious, though. Uh, Just going back and forth. Like, well, what if you heard it? You just want to see it. (laughs) Maybe it's thirsty. (laughs) Maybe it's thirsty. I was more offended by when when he fell. And I was like, ah! Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, somebody pick him up <laughs> and if they're rude to humans like they call rebel scum and stuff imagine to aliens that they don't know right. yeah mm-hmm. but then babysitter comes and saves the day babysitter yes. 
Amazing. Babysitter droid. I mean, <laughs> the alternate yeah. title to The Mandalorian should be Inv- Adventures in Babysitting. It has to be. <laughs> the whole thing. Babysitter's Club? Babysitter's Club. There you go. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Better take baby yoda you got you got the one kara who doesn't do babies you got ig nurse droid you've got mandalorian the reluctant dad <laughs> and then Quill, who seems to be the only one that knows what's going on i can't think about the the she wasn't a pilot but the lady on tatooine oh yeah the oh, mechanic yeah, yeah. 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 To him. Something. Uh, that was cool and then he's destroying everything i love that I love so cool. that change of mm-hmm. like him like babysitting and like but he knows he has to protect and it's like <laughs> IG eighty eight all over again, but yep. IG and uh, it's pretty cool. I, I love that because you literally it's almost like he flips a switch, but at the same time making sure that Baby Yoda is comfortable and he's protected. Like I love that when he literally just, and I said at the beginning of the episode where he's just smashing the scout trooper to death on, on his own bike, he turns to Baby Yoda. I'm sorry that you had to see that. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, okay. I mean, even yeah, once he goes on his little killing spree and stuff too, he like, I think he has him like on his little front pocket or something like that. Yeah. And like literally yeah. turns his whole body like around and goes like, boop, 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 <laughs> and like shoots everything, but hits, make sure baby Yoda's like behind him so yeah. he doesn't get hurt. I thought that was And Yoda's, Yoda's enjoying it. He's like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> I can't wait to see IG-11 with baby Yoda bags. All right. It'll be incredible. <laughs> It's got to happen. I can't wait. But yeah, him Somebody taking out that entire town was absolutely insane. Like, he basically cleared the town by himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like, I'm here, guys. What have you done? Oh, you're holed up in a random bar. Okay, that's cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do all the heavy lifting. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which gives them, like, a, a little bit of confidence and, like, helps them out. And then Kara and Mando and... Oh man, I forgot his name. Wow, Grief. really? Grief Cargo. Cargo. Um, Apollo which- Creed. <laughs> um, which I love the fact that when he's they're trying to open like one of the vents things, he's like taking a drink. Mm-hmm. But I know oh, you yeah. go to Galaxy's Edge, but I-, I recently went. His drink looks like exactly the same as what I drank at Ogus Cantina. Oh that really? Tricks. So I'm like, is it the same drink? Is it like, because it's blue. So I had that one. It's the Jedi Mind Tricks blue drink. <laughs> Go check it out. Um, That's like a big Disney move. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah, so I'm like. I, I, I wonder what he's drinking. Well, you can drink that at Galaxy's Edge. There you go. <laughs> um, I love that moment. I was like, yeah, I would have totally done that. Excuse me, guys. Like, <laughs> We're probably all going to die. I'm going to need a little bit of liquid courage here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that scene was so good. While we're on IG-11, um, just go ahead and finish out his little moment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that whole part was, I knew it was coming in a way. But, like, I was, again, one of those things where it's, like, you expect one thing to happen, and then it doesn't happen. Character takes it in a whole other direction. He was, like, it's fine. Gets in Lava River. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but before that, before that, when it's, like, um, 
you know, he kind of takes Mandalorian inside that he's injured. Mm-hmm. And Mando is finally takes off his helmet. I yeah. thought that was like, I'm not human. I, I love like, Yes, I love that loophole. Yeah. I, I can't take it off in front of any living thing. I'm not a living thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. So oh my gosh. But his little like nod to like a joke oh, where yeah. he said that you uh, damaged your central processing, central unit. processing <laughs> unit. He's like, you so mean my brain? He's like, yes, that, that was, was a joke so to put you at ease. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last it's thing I expected. Programming. Yep. That's his bedside manner. <laughs> <laughs> That was probably my favorite part. That was awesome. <laughs> that was the first time that I like we saw Mando being a little bit more vulnerable, uh, besides Pocahontas. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was so sad. I almost cried because I'm like, no. I mean, obviously we know that he has to continue. The show is about him, but mm. still, it's like, oh my god, what's gonna happen, with Baby Yoda? So I thought that was really cool, and the whole scene underground with the armor. Blacksmith, mm. the blacksmith, uh, yeah, or armorer, uh, yeah, armorer, yeah. Yeah, when she find when they find all the um, armor in the floor yeah. from the Mandalorians, that was so sad. I have a yeah. theory. I have that a theory. Yes, mommy. I think it's the Duchess. What? What? The I think that's who. Ki- I think that's why why the armor was roasted like that and was busted up. I don't think that they were just gunned down. I think that they brought the Empire brought a version of the Duchess from Rebels in there. Remember the thing in season four that roasted yeah. the plans? Oh my god. You know, when they brought the E-Web, the first thing I thought was the Duchess. And when you were saying the Duchess, I thought Satine for a second. Oh. That was so cool. No, the way that the the way that the armor looked and the way that it was damaged and everything and the way it kind of looked kind of roasted, like it had soot and, and stuff on it. Left. I think that was all that was left. I think that they were roasted by the, it, it was either, I think it was called a, arc pulse cannon or something like that or it's the actual duchess the atdp that was carrying the arc charge i think it, i think it might have been the one before because i know the duchess kind of um disintegrated the armor did it yeah so i thought it like, left the uh, helmets behind and stuff no because when sabine grabs the helmet and that is such a sad moment in rebels spoilers when Sabine grabs the helmet it like deteriorates i forgot about that yeah so no so yeah well, no, Wrong. it still could be to the to oh, a degree, though. That's yeah, crazy. Because there's a there's an arc pulse charge before they meet, or it's either before or after they meet the Duchess actually in combat, and they go yeah. where it's being built, and it gets activated and roasts oh. some of them. So yeah, yeah. <sighs> I'm so sad now. <laughs> which which means <laughs> that the these leftover imps, which I love that they call them that, <laughs> these leftover imps. Uh, have come in possession of some things that they're not supposed to have, and which is not good, especially with somebody who has a history with the Mandalorians being Moff Gideon. If he yeah. he he probably knows because they they even mentioned the Siege of Mandalore, which we're going to see yeah, in February, so which is awesome. <laughs> but they they mentioned the Siege of Mandalore. It stands to reason he may have had a part in the uprising in Rebels as well on Mandalore. Uh, between the uh, Imperial Guard and uh, Clan Vizsla and all that. 
So, yeah. You know, watching the Mandalorian is making me think about how much I would love to see the Siege of Mandalore in live action. Absolutely. Could you imagine? I mean, I'm very excited to see it just in general, period, at all. But, like, wow. It'd be cool if we see it both ways, like the animation and then a flashback oh. and it's live action. Oh, that would be insane. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be insane. Well, and on top of that, too, so for me, knowing that we're getting an animation, to me, that says that it's going to be on a, a, a such a grand scale that it's not going to be easy to do <laughs> in live action, which means yeah. that we're getting something that's high and above intense of what we've ever seen on Clone Wars, which is going to be really cool. I'm Pretty. very excited for it. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, in all honesty, it feels like this is kind of the year of the Mandalorian <laughs> to be honest. You've got the season one that just ended up. It's coming back in the fall. However, Clone Wars season seven will be dealing largely with Mandalore. So we're still doing Mandalorian things. And then on top of that, uh, and this is a little off topic, but I saw a rumor today too from Star Wars Newsnet, uh, Project Luminous that they've been teasing um, is possibly going to have to do with an, a series of movies covering an entire era, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people are theorizing Old Republic. Yeah. Which okay. Mandalorian and Jedi War, which has already been referenced numerous times yeah. <laughs> throughout these. So, yeah. And there's a rumor, which I don't know if this is true, and I hope it is, that there's a sequel. To, I mean, not a sequel. That there's a new, I mean, another episode. Another, I can't talk. Season, season of Rebels. Yeah. So, I would love that so much. You know, Sabine and Ahsoka kind of looking means more Mandalorians. Just, more just, just call it the epilogue. You don't even have to call it season five. Just call it the <laughs> epilogue. The yeah. ad- Adventures of Ahsoka and Sabine. I don't care what you call it. Just give it to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Like how they do the lost missions, the lost episodes. Of yeah, the lost missions. Yeah, um, but do we like way more? <laughs> right. So again, Sabine. Um, but no, yeah. That would be so so stinking cool. Uh, talk about cool Mandalorians. The armor kind of went like Santa on everybody giving gifts. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was awesome because we see so the jetpack, which was pretty cool, and her giving him the sigil. Which oh, that's so cool because it's like we don't really see it sometimes like Mandalorians being so caring, but the fact that she put like the sigil is like of them too was mm-hmm. pretty. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was really cool. I didn't really expect it to be the Mudhorn, but I really appreciated that it was the Mudhorn. I didn't know what I expected outside of that. I really just was like, well, I wonder what it's gonna be. I was like, it can't be the Mudhorn because he already said no, and then I was like, oh. Okay. I, I feel like she already had it made and she was like, okay, now I have an excuse to give it to you. You're yeah. going to like it. Just get over it. It's the mud <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's so mysterious and she stays behind. Mm-hmm. Her fighting scene with her tools. Dude. <gasps> Incredible. It was amazing. So, so good. It, it, it pained me watching her bust open the stormtrooper helmets and stuff. Yeah. Like as soon as she cracked that one across the the, the front of its mouth at that time and it busted, I was like, "Ooh, ow!" <laughs> like I I was fully ready to see gore of some kind because yeah. that looked like it was devastating. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she she sure. wasn't she wasn't fighting to disable either. Like no. she put one down and then went smash, and then we get the plastic pieces that floated in the air. Yeah. <laughs> it was like game over. 
That was one of my favorite parts of The Last Jedi, too, is when he fell into that pit and he went... <laughs> <laughs> you know. <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. After her after her fight scene, we see them go to the River of Sticks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the River of Sticks. <laughs> I see that little droid, he's like... <laughs> I was not expecting that no. whatsoever. Neither. It was like a little bitty astromech and, oh, wait, I have arms and legs. Yeah. Was- they were like, hello. And he was like, oh, what's up? <laughs> on my full size legs. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was unsettling seeing an astromech yeah. look like that. Yeah. yeah. Very. <laughs> it doesn't seem like itself. Right. And what's funny is after I saw that episode, like two days later, I saw a picture of like a very like muscular man with just an astromech on the top half of his body <laughs> in like a pose, and I was like, "This is very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no one do this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> but that brings us to a very sad scene. It is a very sad scene. I already said it, but like IG Eleven gets in the lava and is like, "It's fine," and walks away. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> and he even goes to the point where it, it, it's almost like a. It reminded me of Baymax in Big Hero Six. Yeah, are you are you satisfied with your care? Yes. <laughs> Tell me that you're satisfied with your care, so I, I can think go. About that, because he pretty much yeah. just tells him like he asks him if he's gonna be able to yeah. take care of him. Yeah. Tell me you can take care of the child, and I was just like, I'm not satisfied with my care. I'm not satisfied with my care. Don't be sad. <laughs> I'm not sad. <laughs> I yeah. analyzed your voice. I thought that was great. <laughs> That was so cool. And then the stormtroopers waiting for them in the end. And oh. all that fighting scene was amazing. Was so um, Mando using his jetpack. Yeah. That was so the way of the rising phoenix. I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. I, so what is, and what does he have left? He just needs like a rangefinder, right? Yeah. But I, yeah. I don't know if that's something that's added. Like if he needs it. I don't even know if he needs a rangefinder because, I mean, we see his helmet and it shows yeah. him everything. He's got predator vision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. I don't know, because I always I feel like that's always something you see on their helmets, you know. Mm-hmm. But who knows? We'll see. That's his jetpack is definitely one of my favorite parts um, because I feel like I mean, and I'm sure we all feel this way, but like full Mandalorian mode was on. It was game on. Oh, absolutely. That- I, I was only sad because I was I was sad for a moment because I was like, his cape's so cool, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, what's going to happen to the cape? Yeah. Is it going to catch on fire? Is he going to get caught in something? What's going on? <laughs> no capes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I completely forgot about that the moment he latched onto the TIE fighter. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not worried about your cape anymore. You seem to be yeah. doing fine. <laughs> but then best part (laughs) they take down the TIE fighter and they're all goody goody about to leave and on the mission and when we see Moff Gideon surviving like Kylo from a TIE fighter which whatever they make the TIE fighters is very like legit like Um, and he's holding the dark saber Oh my ah! gosh! I lost it. Yeah, I, 
I, I, I literally turned to Kristen and started yelling, where's Bo-Katan? Where's <laughs> Bo-Katan? <laughs> no, you didn't even say Bo-Katan first. You were talking about um, oh, Sabine. Else. No. No, I don't know. You said somebody first, and you were like, wait, no. Bo-Katan had it last, didn't she? And I was like, yes. And you were like, where's Bo-Katan? Where? <laughs> I, was like, I went through the whole like list of like who had it first, and then yeah. I was like, Sabine, Bo-Katan? Like, oh, what? Yeah, I, I was it literally memorized. I was literally just like, he's not supposed to have that. <laughs> that was literally, my immediate thought. I was like, what? And I'll be to be quite honest. I'm a little upset. It was spoiled for me before I saw that. Oh no! Yeah, I knew, I knew the dark saber was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I just kind of like assumed in a Star Wars fan kind of way. I was like, well, I haven't seen it yet, so Moff Gideon has it. So I knew that it was there and then I evaluated that he had it. But then when it happened, it was still great. It was still really awesome. But I wanted you all to know that I had this. Man. And it kind of did suck, but I was like, wait. (laughs) 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 In real life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I had heard, I had been told about Death Watch and about the Darksaber. Um, So then I thought Death Watch had the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. was my original thought and then I saw Death Watch and I was like, okay, that's not it. So then I was like, well who else has it? Nobody else has it. And then I was like, oh well he's gotta have it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened in my head. Man. But it was still yeah, it was still awesome. And then like the best part about that is like and I told you guys earlier, but my roommate didn't know anything about that. She's like, what even what does that matter? What does he have? Why is that there? And I so then I got to explain all of that to her, which was nice. Mm-hmm. That recreate the excitement that I wanted. We Star Wars fans never uh, shirk at a moment to explain what's happening. (laughs) Well. Oh, you've only watched A New Hope. Let me fill you in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Because, like, when we we stopped watching it, my husband's like, I enjoyed more seeing your reaction than the actual thing that happened, even though it was pretty cool. But, like, you just went, I went crazy. I was like, what? No, but... Um, it was pretty cool seeing it in real life. Uh, I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, so cool. oh yeah. No, in, in for a second, it was kind of uh, like I liked how it looked unnatural too, because it's yeah. always meant to have been an, an unnatural kind of saber and everything. And even live action, like it didn't look toony or anything. It looked like it didn't belong, and mm-hmm. it looked otherworldly. And I thought that that was really cool. I did not expect him to have it at all. I mean, as soon as that happened, like he's cutting out of it. I'm like, oh, he's just going to, he he survived. That's the twist. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a little black blade starts poking through. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> it's like, you put that down, sir. Well, and it, 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 I felt like uh, in the in the scene with Newt Gunray and Attack of the Clones, the, he, he can't do that. Shoot him or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big mood. <laughs> what uh, a way to end it. What's that? What a way to end it. I know. It's freaking <laughs> insane. So we got so we got Daddy Mando taking baby Yoda across the sky. Mm-hmm. Sky then... space. I don't know. <laughs> it's taking him across the space. Find, <laughs> to find his rightful home. Well, and then Kara and Dune Man stayed behind. Yeah, grief. To, yeah. To kind of reset the whole establishment there i guess oh yeah the town the the guild the guild everything yeah Yeah. so i wonder if moff gideon is gonna go after him by him after them by himself or if he's just gonna be like 
radio call. Hey, they're on their way to so and so. Get them. Right. And Ron appears. Oh, oh dude. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot he was still alive. Yep. If Thrawn but shows he, up, I will lose my I will lose my mind. I will that, that's it. So many Thrawn vibes. Yeah. Like the way that he was like that he loves knowing everything about his opponents. Like oh when I saw him and he was explaining the whole name system, I was like, Thrawn? What if he what was if, trained by Thrawn? Exactly. What if he isn't even oh my gosh. What if he's even associated with Thrawn? What if he and Thrawn are enemies? That and Thrawn cool. is like, oh, got him now. <laughs> Winner now. <sighs> well, see, the thing is, though, is that Thrawn never really truly has enemies. He just has opponents. Yeah. And so he, just- he, he literally waits for the moment to go, I told you so. All right, blow their stuff up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like Moff that he didn't care even if you were on his team and killed whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what Moff did in this in the episode's. That he when the stormtroopers are like, did you hear that he killed his own people or something like yeah. that? It's like, so, oh, he just killed another guy for interrupting him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. that would be crazy. I would love to see a live action Thrawn. Who would y'all want to see as Thrawn live action? I don't know. Because I've seen he... Benedict Cumberbatch thrown around a lot. Oh, my God, Benedict. You would be such a good Thrawn. I love Benedict. <laughs> That would be ideal. I have also, every time I've seen people throw names around, I've always just circled back to that because his mannerisms, I mean, honestly, just literally put up the footage of him as Khan, sold. Like, that was incredible. He did such a good job. I don't know anything about Star Trek. And I was like, oh, he's bad. It was perfect. He was so good at that. And that's a very similar mannerism to to Thrawn. I almost said Tron. Tron. (laughs) Tron. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I would love him as that. I've seen, like, Tom Cruise. Has Tom Cruise been another one that's been thrown around? I can't remember. There's another Tom. Tom There's a Tom that's been thrown around, and I'm like. Hiddleston, maybe? No, not even him. But that, I mean, that could work. <laughs> I do love him. <laughs> he would be funny as Blue. <laughs> God, it would be great. <laughs> I don't know. Who do you guys think? If we didn't, if we had to throw both of them out of the mix. Don't ask me. I don't know much about Thrawn. That's, that's you. I, mean, I think Benedict would be amazing with it, to be honest. I think he would yeah. be awesome. Matt Smith could probably pull it off, too. Oh. That would be another one. Yeah, he. I don't th- I don't know that he really has the facial structure for it, though. Would be the thing, unless they decided yeah. to kind of digitize him or whatever. I think yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch could probably pull off more of a Thrawn look than anything. Yeah, you know who I would think, but it, it it wouldn't work out. But Sam Smith could be a Thrawn. Mm. Sam if, Smith. Who's I mean, Sam Smith? Sam Smith. um, the guy that voices Darth Maul. You see, I'm really bad with. Him. Oh, uh, Sam Witwer. Oh my God. Finding these, um, oh my god, he would be the throne, even like his face, just like he really would. I was thinking, um, I wouldn't be able to get past Star Killer though if I saw him as Thrawn. Like, oh, Star Star Killer, you're you're looking a little blue (laughs) because he, you know, he tweeted after the episode, like, 
oh, how come you have the dark saber? That's supposed to be mine or something like that. Oh. Uh, yeah, I thought that was That's cool. funny. Um, also, and this is not even like Star Wars relevant. The last thing that I saw him in was Mamma Mia, but Pierce Brosnan has the facial structure of Thrawn. I think that was one that I remember they, seeing. I was about to say, they used his likeness as Thrawn on the Star Wars Celebration what? mural. Yeah. What? Wow, I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I literally watched the Golden Globes. I'm like, huh. I know. I literally, that's what I was in my head. I was imagining, and I was like, the shape of his face is very strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's very alien. <laughs> yeah. Very <Yeah>. just like. <laughs> Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a hint. Maybe that's a hint that we got Pierce Brosnan as Thrawn up there, and it's a little bit before it's time. Wow. <laughs> okay. Probably well, where not. do you think we're gonna go? I mean, they kind of told us too that we're gonna go look for Yoda planet. And um, where do you guys think else is? What else is gonna happen? I don't know. I don't really have any theories about it. I'm looking to kind of see what happened to the rest of the Mandos. I know there's gotta be, but there's gotta be more out there. Yeah. So not just at that one location. So I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how that plays out. I wonder if we're going to find out what happened to Mandalore. Yeah. That's what I'd really like to know. Under Imperial rule. Does it still exist? Did it get blown up? Oh, that would suck. It's gotta exist. Anna, your face is so sad. (laughs) Sorry. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> oh my god. Going down a path I can't follow. <laughs> and the lore is like that everybody wants to love and now you're taking them away from me. <laughs> um I don't know. So many I, I just want to see, like, yeah, more history about the Mandalorians. I kind of want to, I don't know. Like, I've loved anything and everything that has been on the show, so I just want them to continue it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care I what do. direction. I, I do want to see, like, a lightsaber, like, with a Darth saber. Oh, that absolutely. That would be incredible. I would love that. It would be cool to see any other kind of like uh, live action Jedi or anything like that too, if they come across something like that, which I would imagine that if we're on this journey to return baby Yoda home, he's probably not the only one that knows where home is, you know? Right. So could Ezra be up here? Please. <laughs> and Whoa. make it Taylor gray. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Mindy. Come on, Thrawn. Yep. I literally love that Taylor Gray looks like Ezra. Mm-hmm. Well, Ezra looks like Taylor Gray. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. I would, oh, I would lose my mind. Mm-hmm. I think it would be awesome because that's the thing is that by by this point, I mean he'd be a little older because everything yeah. that happened to him happened. What was it? Just a few years before Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh my God. What. Oh. If we saw Ezra, this is just me like going ham on that theory. But like, if we saw Ezra and he, you know how like Luke kind of knighted himself slash mastered himself mm-hmm. in a way. What if like Ezra did the same thing, but like Kanan was there as his Force Ghost trainer? You're just into the heartbreaks tonight, aren't you? I, I appreciate that. Love it. <laughs> Mandalore's no more. Kanan's uh, knighting Ezra as a ghost. Appreciate it, Cheyenne. 
Follow yeah. our friends. <laughs> I'm the emotional shtick of this show. <laughs> okay, I'm excited to see where season two is going to go for sure. Um, we have almost talked for two hours, so we probably want to go ahead and wrap it up. Yes. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us uh, for an extra long episode. It's longer than Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> we got a lot of feelings about the Mandalorians. Um, so guys, thank you for hanging out with us. Cheyenne, Anna, so glad you got to hang out with us. And Kristen's back. Yeah. <laughs> I love how that doesn't sound anything like you for people who are going to be listening at home. That was Kristen, by the way. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but thank you guys for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Anna, can you uh, tell them where they can find you in your lovely podcast? Yes, you guys can find me at La Geeky Life on Facebook and Instagram. And the podcast is Roundtable Pod Racers. Yay! Anywhere you get your podcasts. Cheyenne, tell us what you got. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at cjerica, Twitter at cjerica95, and any of my blogs at cheyennehoover.wordpress.com. Um, I got a few coming soon, including a non-Star Wars Cats review. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but find me there and hang out with me. Yeah. And we got Clone Wars commentary coming out, too. We're encroaching yeah. season two. Uh, it's coming in hot. I am fitting things now. <laughs> I think we found our stride there, too, and it's really cool. I'm Sarah and I are loving diving into these episodes. It's really fun. Um, and I'm finding people that want to be guests, so everybody keep an ear out for that because a lot of cool people are really interested in joining. Yay! It's very exciting. So, guys, check out Clone Wars Commentary. It's on our feed here at Kessler Weekly, so if you're already subscribed to us, uh, you'll get that, too. So, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, you can find us on social media as well uh, at uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Kessel Run Weekly. Our website, KesselRunWeekly.com. We stream every single week on Twitch.tv slash Kessel Run Weekly. Everything is Kessel Run Weekly. You could literally Google Kessel Run Weekly, and you'll find all of our things simultaneously. Um, but definitely check us out. Uh, and if you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Um, let us know what you want to see because we're really chatty online. Um, we like to talk to people. Um, I can't speak for them, but I'm lonely. So I'm just kidding. Hi, wife. Uh, <laughs> but you guys can talk to us online and we would love to talk Star Wars with you and anything else. So guys, thank you so much. I messed up. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode of Kessel Run Weekly. My name is Danny. I'm Kristen. I'm Cheyenne. I'm Anna. And may the force be with you. Always. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah.